0: The second story is this slide, can people really change? The one I really wanted, I had arguments with everyone about, because I wanted this one that showed people sort of like behind prison bars with a, so imagine that change being in red, two people there in the dark with prison bars and it almost looked like a horror movie with the blood running down the change. I got voted out. <laughs> everyone thought that the children would run out and all that sort of stuff and people would hide their eyes. But in reality, changing is a horror story to many of us, right? It's hard to change. It's not something that we love to do and love to embrace. And so the change that we're going to talk about over the next probably six, seven weeks is really about what about me in different circumstances? How can I change? What is it that I need to do so that there can be changes in my family, in my uh, spirituality, in my faith, in my sexuality, whatever it might be, what are the things where I feel trapped? And that is why I like that picture that people are behind bars in their lives where they're just like, I just can't change. This situation that I'm in now can't change. It's it's so common that we feel that way, feel really trapped. Um, and no doubt you felt like that over time. And and sometimes it's not even our fault, you know, like we've grown up with certain ways of thinking or doing things because of the people we've grown up with, the, the words that we've heard in our life, and it, it grabs hold of us, and we sit there in this place of feeling like we're in prison, but we don't think that we can get out. We think that there's no way we can change. And one of the problems we have is that we look at change as being an external thing. It's like we, we look at the outside, don't we, of everything. It's like if I do this action, things are going to change. If I change, My job, things will change. Maybe if I change the city that I'm living in, things will change. That is important, and we'll be talking about that as time goes by. There's physical things that sometimes need to change so that we can change. But it starts with the internal change in each one of us. And so the external things, just changing them, actually doesn't change anything. It's like, you know, I can go to this, this new job, a new school, a new whatever it is, and things will change. But often, the things that need changing can only be changed when there's an internal change in us. When our heart begins to change. Let's have a look at um, Mark 23, verse 24 to 28. So this is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees and giving them a bit of a hiding at the time. It's, it's uh, pretty severe. And he says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're filthy, full of greed and self indulgence, you blind Pharisee. First wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees? Next slide. Hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. That sounds pretty severe to me. Does it sound severe to you? It's like Jesus is saying, there's something wrong with your life. And what he's saying that you're really careful about how you do things. Like So if we think about that in terms of obeying the rules or, or, or projecting this, way of acting that actually didn't reflect what's inside their heart. And he's saying, you're thinking that by washing the outside, everything's going to be good. But the reality was, he was saying, it is what's inside that affects change in your life. It's what's on the inside that actually proves you're pure. And it is a work of the Spirit in cooperation with us. Because we can act a certain way, and most of us know this. We know people who we, we, we even say, we think they, they act like a Christian on the outside. But on the inside, they're actually not wanting to do that thing. It's like we come to Christ and we're like, you know, well, now I've got to change the way I think about things. But I haven't changed the inside, but I will act a certain way around people. I will act like I'm pure, but on the inside, I'm actually not. And Jesus was saying, guys, it's so important that you start to look at change as being something that comes from the inner person, the spirit, that is transformed. And so we can easily put on this outer cloak that looks like things are changing. You see it with, you know, often in marriages, it's like a husband or a wife will say, normally a husband, I'm going to change. No, no, I'll change. But they keep on doing the same thing they've always done. There's no heart change. So what happens is they go through the motions without changing the motives. And eventually, when the right situation arises, when the right temptation comes, when the right conditions are there, they fall away from what they've promised because there's been no change internally. And it's all been a trying to discipline myself to do the right thing over all that time but there's no inside change so the question is can people really change what do you think probably you're out there going oh i know this person they never change i don't think it's possible um a leopard can't change its spots or maybe you're going yeah yeah people can change but it's never last you know people say they change but they don't really When we were building this church, I came in one day and, um, to lay some carpet. I come in and there's a bird walking around in here, a curlew. I don't know if you know the uh what they look like, but they're sort of like a tall bird about this high, really cute, big eyes, brown feathers. And, and I think they call them like, I don't know, they, they associate them at night. You'll hear them calling. Have you heard that call that they do? It's like a, like that. It's like someone dying. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, well, when <laughs> I, mean, I used to be at the office at Howard Springs Primary School, I used to sit there sometimes. I had my door open and playing my guitar, singing. Anyway, this one little cute little curly. This is a different story. He came. He used to come into the office, so I'd be playing. Next minute, he walks in and just looks at me and sits there. And I'd try and feed him biscuits. He didn't really like them. But I was wondering if maybe my singing sounded like a mating call, like. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe that was the attraction, I don't know. But anyway, in my head, I'm like, oh, it must be because God's here. (laughs) You can feel the presence, and it came in. But anyway, I came in here, and this curly's walking around, and it just couldn't get out. So I was trying to be really careful, and it ran away from me, and then it's going flying and bang into that window there. Sorry, bird lovers. Um, It was all right. I was going to say no birds got hurt, but I'm pretty sure it did get hurt when it hit that window. and I was like, how can I get this out? And, and I sort of think, people are like that, aren't they? It's like we're in this room trapped and we see the glass, we see the outside and we're like, I'm trying to get out, but bang, we hit this wall, we can't change. And so we're going to need some certain things that, that help us change, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but I came in and I carefully opened the door at the back and I tried to herd it out, but even when the door was open, it ran through that window Um. But eventually, I sort of snuck around and, and ushered it out that back door, it flew out to freedom. But even when the door was open, the bird wasn't free. That's us sometimes too. And there are reasons why we don't change. There, there are certain reasons why we don't change. I think I've got a list to come up there, but let's have a look. We need things to change around us first, and this can be real. It's not necessarily that we're only in this state, but a lot of people use that as an excuse. If only they change, then I'll change. If only this situation changes, I'm going to change. Other times it is definitely a hurt, a pain that's in our heart, and it needs to get rid of to change. Um, We have an attitude like, if you don't like the way I am, you can lump it. So in other words, I'm going to continue on in the way I am, and if you don't like it, bad luck, even if it isn't what God wants you to be like. Even if it keeps you trapped, it's like, I'm going to stay this way. I'm not going to change. We're not prepared to take the necessary steps. So in other words, we know that we need to change, but it's easier not to. It's far easier to just stay the way things are and just live that way. We refuse to investigate our internal motives or character, and this is a big one. This is that blame game, you know, or saying that it's someone else's fault we don't change because our character's actually wrong. You know, like, my marriage isn't changing because there's something flawed in my character. My friendships aren't good because there's something flawed in my character. But we don't want to take a look. Isn't it funny how some people, you know, it doesn't matter who they're with, after they're with them for two or three weeks, they're fighting with them. Every single time. And it's like, whose fault's that? what's the common denominator but there's that refusal to look and it's always putting the blame on someone else but we're not going to investigate our motives or our character why do we act the way we do and the last one we refuse to take personal responsibility in other words it's always someone else's fault in order for things to get better they have to do something about it and you see that often when it comes to leadership in your workplace right Well, if the boss did this, if the boss did that, if the leadership did this, did that, then things can change. And you know what? It's very easy to be critical when you're not the one up the front. Very easy. Because you actually have no responsibility, no culpability. You wash your hands of things. I don't know about you, but I remember when I was laboring at a job, you pretty much finish the day, you go home, you don't think about anything else, you just go to sleep, and um, (laughs) perhaps you whinge about your boss to everyone else. The boss didn't do this, and the boss didn't do that. They weren't organised, this, that's... And it's easy. Because when I wake up in the morning, it's the boss who thought about, I need to get wages paid, I need to pay these bills, I need to to try and get this workplace operating well. And, And what we do is sometimes we put that responsibility on them. We don't want to confront people when there's problems as well ourselves personally and go and say sort out the issue, the leaders need to sort that out. The leaders need to say something. The boss needs to do something about it because we don't want to look like the bad guy. We don't want it to be us that people are looking at and saying, well, they're the bad guy. We want it to be the leadership and it's, it's their, their issue to fix. So what do we need, though, to be free? And this is just introductory. We'll be talking about the specific things later on. Firstly is vision. What would the vision be like? What would the vision you need to have, the vision you have to have to be free look like in your area of life that you think, you know, I'm really trapped? What is it that I need to hit? What is it that I need to, to look at? This is what I want it to be like. This is how I want my family to be. Whatever family might look like, whether it's, you know, a, a divorce, mixed, living by yourself, whatever your family is, the people that you hang around with, what's that like? has to start with a vision what is it that i really need to see sometimes something beyond our control must happen in order for us to be free firstly you have to choose to be free it has to be in your head but you sometimes just need other people to help you be free you don't have all the answers because if you did you would be free you're like i don't i can sort this out myself but you've been sorting it out yourself for 20 years sometimes you need help I had to open the door for that bird to get out. Still didn't run out there. It needed help, firstly, to open the door and, and, and then someone to help it get out. What would you have to do differently so you didn't end up back where you are today? And so the path almost always is exactly the same if you want to be, a, be free in an area of your life. You have to have a vision of what you need, what would make life better. You have to have people that can help you. You have to make a decision that you are gonna do it. Do something about it, do something different. If your marriage isn't working, you need to do something different because it's not working for a reason. If your work isn't working for you, you might have to do something, whether it's change you, or change your workplace. But then you have to start doing it. Nothing changes without a vision, without help from someone else, and without a decision that you have activated in your life. I am going to change. But more than anything else, there has to be a spiritual change. Because internal change drives everything on the outside. Jesus said it, didn't he? He said, "You will know them by their fruits. If the tree has good roots, the fruit's going to be good. If it has bad fruit, the roots are good. He said it about water. he said um, James, I think it said from the wa- about water, you can't get sweet water from a bit of spring. It's going to be bitter, and so when you see what's Coming out, it is a reflection of what's on the inside. And the truth is that if you don't change here and you're still bitter here, you can act sweet and lovely, but in your heart you don't like that person still. In other words, you're fake. You say all the right words, oh yeah man, it's so good to see you, it's beautiful to see you, you're amazing on the inside, you're saying I don't like you at all. And so the bitterness, although it doesn't always flow over, it eventually flows out in words, because if you're not saying it to them, you go back to your mate and you say, gee, I hate that person. They really annoy me. But when you see them face to face, oh, you're beautiful, I love you, you're awesome. What's on the inside is what is going to determine how free you are in life. And if you are bound on the inside, if you've not been freed Your life is not free. There is no freedom. And Paul is pretty blunt about this. Um, Galatians 5. Is that the next one? So this is the NIV because I just like the way it says it. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Jesus did not set us free so that we could be bound up again. He didn't claim our freedom through the death of his son, Jesus Christ. God didn't claim our freedom by the blood that freed us from sin so that we could just be slaves and tied up and we could live a life here on earth waiting to get to heaven and thinking that's when things will change. He's saying, no, now for freedom... You have been set free. The freedom that you have is so you can be free. Not so you can be bound up. Not so that your life is horrible. Not so that that nothing changes, but so you can be free. Honestly, the the possibility is there for us. The, The door has been opened by Jesus, but have you walked through it? his blood has the power to restore things in your life whatever it might be and the change on the inside takes place because his Holy Spirit lives inside of us and helps us be a different person because the internal change moves us to who we're meant to be you have to take a stand don't pray if but how Step across the line, because nothing changes until you actually do something different. It goes back to exactly what it was. And Jesus isn't about modifying our behavior. Yes, our behavior is modified, but it's about the heart change that happens inside of us as a person, so that we are actually a good person. And so the change that Jesus asks us to do is not from the right motions, but the right motive. Because we can easily, on the outside, obey a law, but our motives are wrong. And lasting change has to come through the right motives. As I said before, imagine a husband. I'm not going to do that anymore. But his heart, he still hasn't changed in his attitude towards his wife, but he acts right. You know, you know how it is. There might be other things in a workplace, whatever it might be. I'm acting the right way. I'm serving my wife, but in my heart I don't want to. I'm loving my husband and giving him a kiss goodbye, but in my heart I'm not even wanting to touch his lips. Because unresolved issues are still there, there's been no change in the heart of who I am, and so you keep going on the same way, and as I said, eventually, when the conditions are right, when there's, when there's a temptation thrown your way that is just perfect to pull you off your path, you'll walk down it. And we're not our body. We know that. We've talked about that. But there's this inner man that lives in us that is strengthened. And grace helps you do these things that you can't do without it. We often think of grace being that excuse to sin. If I sin, it doesn't matter. God's grace covers me. But it's not about that. Grace is about empowering you to live this amazing new life in Christ. Because when you put your faith in Christ, you become directly connected to God. And there's forgiveness The Spirit wants to change us on the inside, but we still need to allow that to happen because we are in control of how much the Spirit moves in our life. The Bible says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit and we can quench the Holy Spirit in our life. So just because I have the Holy Spirit living in me doesn't mean that I'm going to walk a victorious life because I just might not give control of my life to Him. I might sit there in my stubbornness, in that thing. Well, if they don't like me, they can lump it. And God's saying, you need a change. Holy Spirit's whispering to you, you need a change. You're like, nah, quench. I'm going to let you in, Holy Spirit. And it's not a passive process. You've seen it people that get born again, but really their life never changes from the day they receive Jesus Christ. But nothing happens, nothing changes, because grace is not being opposed to hard work. It doesn't mean we're sitting back and Jesus does everything in our life, we don't have to worry about a thing, we just don't change, it's like... Somehow he's, and he does, mold us. Don't get me wrong. But as we said last week, there's certain things in your life people can help you with, but there's some things that you have to work out on your own. The road to heaven requires you to do something yourself at times. Without Jesus, you can do nothing. But if you do nothing, it will definitely be without Jesus. He can't be there with you. So when it comes to change, we, without him nothing's impossible. But if you do nothing, it is going to be without Jesus. People can change, but it's not going to happen if you try and do it on your own. You need to start relying on the Holy Spirit to work within you, to start to change lots of different areas of your life. Can we have that um, the next verse up, please? Matthew nineteen twenty three to twenty six. And Jesus said to his disciples, "I tell you the truth, it's very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven." I'll say it again, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. So what's it saying there? Jesus is saying that a person's heart can change these verses come after a rich man came to Jesus asking, how can I be saved? How can I get to heaven? And he told him, you have to give up everything you own, sell it, follow me. And he wasn't prepared to do it. What what it was about was the inward change that was required for him to be a follower of Jesus. And so this is something the disciples wrestled with. Why is Jesus saying this about rich people? Because People who are rich don't need God. Simple as that. You know, if I need a favor, I'll just pay someone off. I don't need God to sort that out. If I need whatever I need, I've got the money for it. And so what happens is they start to trust in the riches. And so Jesus wasn't attacking the money. He was attacking that attachment to the money, saying, you need to start to change on the inside. Because when he started questioning that man, he was saying, "Um, have you obeyed all the laws? And he said, yeah, yeah, you know, I obeyed the Ten Commandments. And I think he gave him the first five. I'm I'm a little bit foggy on that. but I think it was the first five commandments to do. And, And the outward appearance of those things seems easy. But what's happening on the inside? And Jesus then moved it from the outward acts that you're doing, the religious duties that he was performing, to say, but wait a minute, are you prepared to trust me? Are you prepared to trust me? And the inward change is the hardest change to make. But guess what, guys? God is with us. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And this spiritual change is real. That when you become a Christian, you are not the old person you used to be, you are a new person. And so we have this amazing power inside of us to affect change in our life if we decide to. Firstly, forgive yourself for whatever you've done anyway, because that's in the past. Christ has given it. He's given you freedom and an access, a way to change through Him. But maybe you've been a Christian for a long time in bad situations and things haven't changed because Jesus opened that door, but you sat there, or you're sitting there right now and you're looking and you're going, there's freedom, but it's hard. And the reason we have to do something is this, that our action is doing the Word of God. What does God want you to do? And it's not just about praying. If a husband says, God, bless my marriage and, you know, make it right and sits on the couch all day and watches football, Jesus changed her so you've got a good marriage, it's not going to change. No matter how hard you pray... No matter what you do. If you wanted to restore your relationship with your daughter and it's like God will move on her when she rings me and apologizes, then things will change. Make them do it. Get them to do the work. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. I'm not going to pick the phone up and say, hey, I really want that relationship restored. I'm holding out until they say sorry. In my ignorance, in my stubbornness, in my rebellion against what God's telling me, I'm holding out because God has to change it. And yes, it's true. God does have to change hearts, both yours and theirs. And we have to rely on that because we can't change their heart. God can. But we can change us. We can change our attitude. We can change our decision making. We can change what we think about with Jesus' help. Because he has opened the door, there's a line to step across, and it's up to us to take us. So these things are going to be what we're thinking about over the next six to seven weeks in different areas. I'm sure it's not going to cover everything. We can only do the best we can with what we've got. But think about these things. What is the vision you need it to change that you have? What would line up with what Jesus says? What's your intention? What's your strategy? How are you going to go about it? And the good thing is this word viz is Latin. Down the bottom we've written that, I think. Viz. That's actually a real word. It's not like one of those acronym things. <laughs> it's not B-I-S. It's V-I-S. It's viz. It's Latin. You guys, when you go out today, you've learned a new language, viz, viz is latin for force strength power and life all right and this is what god does when he gives us the freedom he gives us the power to change because he works in us so what are the three things i'll say them first then you can repeat them vision intention strategy okay you ready Now, if you didn't know what they were, you'd be pretty silly, right? <laughs> They're right up there. The viz, the power for you to change. Vision. What would it be like? And I know there's people here. I look out and I see people whose lives have dramatically changed because they had a vision of what God wanted. The intention came to them. I need to change. I've got the intention to do it, but then they actually put a strategy in place. And, and to be honest... When I speak about strategy, <laughs> this is it. Do what God says. Do what God says. Forgive, because you have to. Be kind, because you have to. Be compassionate. Be tender-hearted. Forgiving. Loving. Have faith in Him that He can change circumstances you can't. Cast your cares on Him. That's your strategy. But how do you put that word into your life? That's up to you. Because guess what? I don't read the Bible and then it comes to me and then you know, all of a sudden you're aware that I've, I've read something. It doesn't work like that. It's up to you to get to know what God wants. It's up to you to reflect on yourself or get someone who's trusted to actually take a good look at you. Because I guarantee... That you see other people's faults a lot clearer than you see your own true <laughs> so you may as well ask them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true my <laughs> even this morning, you know like I feel like my fashion sense is amazing, but Joe sees differently to me. <laughs> Neil, those shoes don't go with that. I'm so glad I caught you before you went out the door. (laughs) Crazy. Doesn't know anything about fashion, my wife. (laughs) Let's pray. (laughs) Father, we just thank you so much that your power is available for us to change. And Lord, I know there's people here that feel trapped in different areas of life. And Lord, as we go through this series, I just pray that they'll just connect in and allow your Holy Spirit to work in their life. Father, and myself as well, Lord, to just really see where it is that I'm not free so that I can change, Lord, that I can and get that vision, have the intention, make a decision that I am going to change, but then get my strategy in place. How am I going to do it? Who's going to help me? Lord, I just pray over this time there will be victories in so many people's lives, Lord, in areas that have been strongholds, that, Lord, they will be broken in Jesus' name. Lord, some things only move because your power is there and available to us, but, Lord, we believe it. We have to believe it. And so, Father, for those things where there's mountains, I just pray for courage and strengthen people to speak to the mountains, to get them out the way so that things can begin to change. And we declare it now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.